Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Thursday of the sixth week of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who made your people partakers in your redemption, Grant, we pray, that we may perpetually render thanks for the resurrection of the Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, where he met a Jew called Aquila, whose family came from Pontus. He and his wife Priscilla had recently left Italy because of an edict of Claudius had expelled all the Jews from Rome. Paul went to visit them, and when he found they were tent makers of the same trade as himself, he lodged with them, and they worked together. Every Sabbath, he used to hold debates in the synagogues, trying to convert Jews as well as Greeks. After Silas and Timothy had arrived from Macedonia, Paul devoted all his time to preaching, declaring to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. When they turned against him and started to insult him, he took off his cloak and shook it out in front of them, saying, Your blood be on your own heads. From now on, I can go to the pagans with a clear conscience. Then he left the synagogue and moved to the house next door that belonged to a worshipper of God called Justice. Crispus, president of the synagogue, and his whole household all became believers in the Lord. A great many Corinthians who had heard him, became believers and were baptised. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has worked wonders. His right hand and his holy arm have brought salvation. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. The Lord has made known his salvation, has shown his justice to the nations. He has remembered his truth and love for the house of Israel. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout to the Lord all the earth, ring out your joy. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come back to you, and your hearts will rejoice. Alleluia. 
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, In a short time you will no longer see me, and then a short time later you will see me again. Then some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean in a short time you will no longer see me, and then a short time later you will see me again, and I am going to the Father? What is this short time? We do not know what he means. Jesus knew that they wanted to question him, so he said, You are asking one another what I meant by saying, In a short time you will no longer see me, and then a short time later you will see me again. I tell you most solemnly, You will be weeping and wailing, while the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, I feel I owe the disciples a bit of an apology. A couple of days ago in the podcast, if you listened to it, I mentioned that They were kind of being bad friends to Jesus, that as Jesus was speaking about him departing and returning to the Father, that they were thinking really only of their own sadness and sorrow that Jesus was leaving, and that they weren't looking towards Christ and being happy for him that he was returning to the Father. But maybe that's being a little bit unfair to the disciples. Knowing that you have to say goodbye to a friend especially one like Jesus, who's completely upended their lives. This must have caused them a tremendous amount of sorrow. Things aren't going to be the way that they were before. And so Jesus repeats again in this discourse, he says, look, in a short time you'll no longer see me. And then a short time later you will see me again. And now we hear the disciples jump in. In a short time you'll no longer see me. I'm going to the Father. What's this short time? What, what, what's going on? You can kind of hear the distress in their voices. And sure, you know, they, they misunderstand what Jesus is talking about because his absence is really going to be a greater presence. But maybe we need to cut them a bit of slack. Because feeling the absence of Jesus is painful. It's sad. And it's hard. But here's the important thing. It's not forever. In fact, Jesus tells his disciples that it'll be a short time. In Greek, he uses the word mikron. It's a moment. It's an instant. And when you go through the little text that we've had for the gospel today, you see that word mikron comes up over and over again. In a mikron, you'll no longer see me. And then a mikron later, you'll see me again. And then... Then the disciples ask, well, what does he mean, micron? That word micron comes up seven times in the space of four verses, which is great because, I mean, don't you just love saying the word micron? Now, the disciples will experience the absence of Jesus because he's being given over into the hands of the Romans and the chief priests and the scribes. But in the hands of God, this is a micron, a moment, an instant And in the hands of God, Jesus returning to us comes in a micron. Now, I think we can see that this word isn't referring to a unit of time, but to God's time. 
God knows what he's doing. And yes, indeed, in this time of Jesus' absence, these days when he's lying in the tomb, they're a time of great suffering and of sadness for the disciples. But in God's hands, it's a micron. There's a beautiful echo here to an event in Jesus' childhood, the finding of the child Jesus in the temple. We hear it in Luke's Gospel. And I suppose those who have a devotion to the rosary and pray it often know this story very well, that Mary and Joseph take Jesus, who at this stage is about 12 years old, down to Jerusalem for the Passover. And when Mary and Joseph go back to Nazareth, Jesus hides in the temple and stays there talking to the teachers there. And having gone a day's journey out of Jerusalem, they discover that Jesus isn't with the group, and then they have to travel another day back to Jerusalem, and then they spend another day looking for Jesus in Jerusalem. They've got three days of searching for Jesus. And Mary says to Jesus when she finds him, Can you not see how anxious we've been looking for you? And Jesus just says, look, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's affairs? Didn't you know that this time is in God's hands? You can almost imagine here Jesus going, but didn't you know that this would just be a micron? Now, There are going to be another three days where Mary looks for Jesus and can't find him. Those three days when he's in the tomb. But this too is a micron. In God's hands it's a moment. It's an instant. Because it's his time. This is a terrific invitation to trust. To know that it's all in God's hands. And to wait for him. Now, who's sick of the coronavirus pandemic? Who's sick of not being able to go to Mass? Who's sick of having Holy Communion withheld? I think just as the absence of Jesus caused sorrow to the disciples, it causes us sorrow too. And like Mary, we too feel a bit anxious, looking for Jesus and not finding him. But maybe this gospel becomes a word of consolation. It's just a micron. God knows what he's doing. And the final word of the gospel today is a word for us of tremendous hope. Jesus says, I tell you most solemnly, you'll be weeping and wailing while the world will rejoice. You'll be sorrowful. But in God's time, in his micron, your sorrow will turn to joy. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. And deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.